Hi, welcome to Hi. Text Adventures Her Purgatory, episode 10, D-I-X. This is a, a momentous occasion because we've reached 10, which is the number of fingers that a human being has and many other mammals. is a podcast where my friends and I play interactive fiction and we talk about it for your amusement and our edification. With me are Marlon and Steven. Say hi. Hi. Hello. How's it going, everybody? I'm I'm Steven, and that person just talking there was John slash Vincent. I'm trying to forgot to introduce myself. It's okay. I mean, I can do it what i'm here for if you hear us say john or vincent we're talking about the same person uh the origin story behind that is for another time it's my problem it's my problem to deal with (laughs) yeah so uh here we go we're gonna dive right in and uh keep this one short and sweet we we want to talk about counterfeit monkeys so tell them a little bit about it we are playing counterfeit monkey it's a removal by emily short we're playing release five for those of you who are uh, following along at home. The way the show works is uh, John uh, hosted us uh, on what was the name of that game? Deadline, um, and we played through that almost successfully. And then um, w- the way it works is that one of us sort of hosts the game, reads the narration, uh, maybe makes general suggestions, sort of keeps things on track, and a- awards uh, arbitrary points to the players who, uh, for the sake of this game, are uh, John and Marlon here. And then at the end, there, you know, at some point, we're going to have to figure out a reward system. But uh, for now, it's just, just appreciation of your peers, which is really the highest reward that can be. It really is, right? So. And, and I'll make the disclaimer, this episode's going to be full of spoilers about Counterfeit Monkey. So where are we in Counterfeit Monkey? All right, we, we have- are... Uh, delightfully, we are actually at the Counterfeit Monkey, uh, which oh, is a shoot. Yeah, we park, yeah, we parked right. our car, right, as, as a government it. official was sort yes. of um, st- That's right. blinking yeah. around. We could oh. even say that we have reached, we have titillatingly reached the titular Counterfeit Monkey. Oh, man. This, the That's people good. in this game would love it. Love that. Uh, we are so we are in a um, uh, on an island that uh, there's a lot of language. It's an island full of ner- nerds. nerds. A nerdy culture. Right. Oh no! All we've been doing is just shoving shoving guys into lockers all the way up here to the counterfeit <sighs> monkey. We're like, get out of the way, nerd. Yeah. Right. One of the uh, the unique uh, interactive elements of this game is that. Uh, you can manipulate certain uh, words uh, and objects. So basically, you can take letters. I think we can just take letters out currently, and we can restore items to what they were before. For for instance, uh, we had a pear, and we took the P off, and it became an ear. And I think we showed the ear to a squeamish uh, girl who was like loitering around our locker where we had some important stuff in, and she ran away. Is that right? I mean, you wouldn't have right. to be squeamish necessarily to run away from that from sort of situation. Someone holding an ear. I don't know, man. She's certainly not a medical student, right? 
I'm right. not very familiar with the voice. So what's interesting about she's Catherine Griffin Monkey so far? She's not a David uh, Lynch fan. Right. Is that it's, the game has done a good job of, of, of convincing us. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's convinced us that we could solve these problems in a variety of different ways. Like we got an army, a toy army, and we could have turned it into an arm by removing the Y, and that probably would have scared her. We got a wheel, and we could have removed the W and turned it into a dismembered heel. I guess. I think the heel would have been the, the most unusual thing to show her. I don't know that she would have immediately recognized <laughs> it would have taken that, a little it was, while. <laughs> that it was a part of the human anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> but she might have thought it was the pear uh, that yeah, we turned right. into just here. a slice of pear. <laughs> but so it's 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 kind of interesting. I wrote a while back. We talked about this essay that I wrote where I said text adventure games aren't any fun because they don't have enough choices. You don't have enough ways of solving puzzles, so you can't learn the system. You just learn exactly what you have to do. But in a certain way, this game's making us feel like we're learning the system, and the system is manipulating the words in the game. And that's yeah. kind of neat. I really like it. Yeah, no, it's neat. It, it hits a sweet spot between finding things, having an inventory, having like slightly obscure like solutions to puzzles using those things, and also applying logic in a way that's interesting and creative rather than just like key and lock type puzzles like adventure games kind of devolved into sort of like Siberia that Steven's playing right now a little bit. Goodness. Well, and you, you and could Steven, imagine... stop playing right now. You're in the middle of the podcast. Put the game down. <laughs> Well, you look, can't. with Siberia, basically I'm just I it's, I'm, my character is just walking through one screen uh, over the next hour that we do this podcast. So don't worry about it. You know, one of the things I like about the game is it feels as if you could add you could sort of fairly seamlessly add to the game. For instance, you could add additional objects which may have alternate sort of ways of of solving the puzzles like you were saying because it has yeah. X adventures don't um, you know it's I mean even though the I was going to call them the sluice gate but I don't think that's the right word but the gates the gates themselves literally and figuratively in the game are pretty narrow um, it, it does feel like you have sort of a wide yeah. Yeah. approach to them which is which is unique I think for, for these games this is one of the reasons I wanted to play it yeah um, I really like it oh excuse me what was I going to say? Uh, one of the things, though, the listeners should will have to will have to pay a little bit more attention probably to this one because there are some fun. There, a lot of the things obviously have to do with spelling and whatnot. So uh, hopefully it's coming across. Shall we I dive in, good. gentlemen? We, we, just one more thing. We've just managed to get to the counterfeit monkey. We were supposed to meet our friend Slango there, but he's not around. So we are now freaking out because that means he's been picked up by the police probably, and he might talk. It doesn't. It's not clear um, how tough Slango is. Whether he'll stand up to torture. Did right, we just and, did we just walk in the door? Or have we? I don't. Um, I don't think we've we've explored. Yeah, we're inside. Uh, we're okay. in the counterfeit monkey. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll kind of back it up. One other thing we should note is that we are uh, Alexandra, uh, who is a, a synthesis of Alex and Andra. Alex apparently is uh, from a wealthy family of on the island, and uh, we don't know much yet about Andra. Uh, although um, we had a near run-in she's with, she's poor. Yeah, yeah. We we had a near she run-in with from... um, Alex's family. We know that she's kind of been a smuggler. We think for a while, right? Yeah, that's right. She's sort of savvy. She comes from circumstances, right? As they say, right? And um, and she has stolen these plans, 
And somehow she convinced Alex to help her get off the island by fusing with, with her in a combination center. And they are, we're trying to escape somehow. We were supposed to be Slango and find a way off. So that's where we are. Do you think they fused through some sort of like um, language or name combiner since it's oh, yeah. well, think the about primary? It. You, could, you could fuse them with a space well. remover. Yeah. Well, no, I guess you could put the next one on Alex and Andrew. Maybe there's an and remover yeah. in the universe, like a high-powered right. and remover. There was some reference to uh, there being some kind of power surge. Remember the, right. da- the dad yeah. mentioned there's some kind of surge? I mean, we don't know what kind of power they're talking about, but there's some kind of surge. Whoa. Whoa. Is there a cat? Oh, what's that? I'm sorry. That was me actually warming my hands because I'm cold. I didn't realize it was so close to the microphone. Now your cat leapt up and was upset. Um, you can imagine Marlon. He's, he's, he's crouched over a, a burning barrel of trash. A warm laptop. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so, John, call heads or tails? Okay. Um, I'll call tails. Oh, All right. Okay. Aunt Marlon, call heads or tails? Tails. John, call heads or tails? Okay, tails. All right, John got it. Okay. All right, I, I go first. You should, have, you should have made the the Sonic or Tails joke. That would have been video game appropriate, but... I was trying to would. find a time to, to do it, but it didn't happen. Yeah. No. All right. All right, um, I'll, I'll, I'll post a picture of what I was uh, flipping, which incidentally was a pog that I made in... Uh, I believe uh, as an eighth grader that says uh, has a yin yang on one side and on the other side it says for balance vote Steven. <laughs> In, wow. Four, wow. I think four different fonts. For each word is a different font. I'll I'll post a picture of that. For, for, I, for, I don't, for Mortal Kombat vote Steven. For, for Mortal Kombat seriously. <laughs> All right. Okay, here we are. Oh, the counterfeit monkey. Infamously, this pub was rooted in 1929. The year that the Bureau developed its first meager attempt at an authentication scope, and dozens of smugglers and fraudulent businessmen went to jail. But neither that raid nor subsequent subsequent I, I do that every time subsequent scrutiny has ever shut the place down entirely. Built when people were a bit shorter and ceilings were a bit lower, the counterfeit monkey is always smoky and never well lit, even in the middle of the day. The clientele are currently engaged in a game of darts. While the barman watches and practices a and practices a sarcastic wit on those who embarrass themselves, there's also a quantity of origin paste sitting out on the bar. Whoa! Uh, what is origin paste? Examine origin paste. I'm examining the origin paste. Uh, we are. <laughs> it's the paste that that lines the walls of the uterus, the origin paste. Whoa. Actually, I, I heard some news about uterus paste recently, actually, but maybe. Go on. You can, I mean... slather it, you can slather it on babies that are born by C-section. There are a bunch of health problems associated with being born by C-section, and people think part of the reason is that you don't get exposed to the microfauna in the um, – the canal as you're born. So what they do is they take samples of it during the, the delivery and they wipe the baby down with it. And this is really good for the baby. So, oh, all right. Sounds good. Yeah. So this right. this origin paste is a cake of pale purple. It is able to disguise letter reformed objects so they don't look like obvious frauds. They even show up under authentication. The only problem is the distinctive smell. 
Aha, so smell origin paste. The origin paste is powerful stuff and worth a good bit of money. Let's smell it. Smell it. Smell paste. Gonna smell the paste. Lavender wafts back at us. Oh, wow. Don't we have, wasn't there lavender in the garden? No, it was charred. You're imagining. No, it was charred, you're right. Charred. Lavender sounds familiar, but... I was thinking that we have it sticking out of our pocket, and thus right. have an explanation for the smell. All right, so we've got this stuff. Now, it's expensive, so why is it just sitting out uh, on the table? So okay. we're getting a cue, uh, I should say, for the yeah. audience's sake, that we could ask about Slango. Or, and we um, can ask if we can just have the origin paste. Let's ask if we can have the origin paste before we tip our hand. That origin paste. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> I, I should remember. I gotta remember my voices. That origin paste for sale. Well, now he says, grinning. That would surely be illegal, would it not? Origin paste is, after all, a controlled substance in this country due to its unhappy association with fraudulent activities. On the other hand, there is no law against someone winning the origin paste in a completely legitimate game of chance or skill. So it's suggesting we ask about Slango again or how we can win. It sounded uh, like Rod, Rod Sterling right at I the end. I think we should ask about how to win. <laughs> We're going to ask about winning. Don't make it, we shouldn't make a Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen's having, having a hard time. Joke. He is. I know, I know. Okay. You know what I was thinking? I think the Republicans should draft Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, Haven't they? I mean, is, do they need to draft them? <laughs> to, no, to, to be a presidential candidate. Oh, right. No-nonsense attitude towards getting things done um, would be a pretty, you know, he could powerfully compete. Oh, you're compete right. He says, he says it line. Yeah. He says yeah. get her done. Well, I think... Um, I would yeah, vote I mean, for him. At least as a, <laughs> at least as a uh, vice presidential candidate. I mean, you don't That's necessarily right. want to spring someone you know, on the American public. That's All right. right. Explain this game. This is us talking. Explain this game as though I have no idea what you're talking about, you say, leaning on the bar in an interested fashion. Are you flirting with Parker? No. Okay. Good to know. It's a designated challenge game, says Parker. I don't know why the bartender in this, like, skeezy bar is Rod Stewart, but Rod, Rod Stewart. Not Rod Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rod Stewart. But we, I think we can picture him looking somewhat like uh, Rod Stewart, even though he talks about... Yeah. Uh, well, this is so. science fiction, so I think Rod That's Stewart true. looks like a science fiction character. He does. He does. Uh, it's, a, it's a designated challenge game. I'll just put a little gravel in there. Says Parker, you've seen this played before, but he explains the rules anyway. There are two contestants, one challenger and one defender. The challenger chooses any object he likes and shows it to the moderator ahead of time. The defender, without seeing the object, stipulates a general category. The challenger has five minutes to turn his designated object into an item that fits the defender's category, or he forfeits his ante. Now we're getting a couple reminders. We want to play this game, <laughs> and then uh, we're also reminded of past experience playing games. So I believe we just say memory to look at our memory, so let's remember games. All right. Three of you were watching the contest at Counterfeit Monkey. This time the prize was a bottle of Dove Wing Absinthe, and the latest contestant was trying to let her remove her way to an object the size of a pebble. Slango lifted his root beer. These guys are in a rut. It's all make a liquid and size-based challenges. 
I want to see some demanding categories. Strawberry scented, paisley, pachyderm themed. You I think he was pachyderm. Pachyderm. Right? Yeah. What did I say? Pachyderm? Pachyderm, yeah. Pachyderm themed. You shrugged. People L remove tiles, you said. You can get a letter made tie any color you want. This is Brock. I don't have a voice for Brock. Import category five, Brock said. Now that would be a strong challenge category. Under Atlantean customs law, import category five means things that are edible, but not fruits or vegetables. Everything from drugs to chicken breasts. Clear, but it rules out a lot of overly productive agriculture words. Then we're back in the present. That was a little bit of a confusing memory, but I guess they're... Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. I think the idea is that... <coughs> excuse me. Um, the uh, challenger um, says, you know, here's the object I'm using, and uh, then the defender chooses some category, and then the challenger has to change his object into an item that fits the defender's category. So they're just suggesting, like, make a liquid was a challenge, and... Or make it bigger than something. For in this, for in this case, they're saying an object the size of a pedal or a pebble. Right. So it's um, in the challenger's best interest to choose an object that has a lot of letters. That's you right. Think? Yeah. Or a lot. Yeah. Or a lot of potential words within. A it. lot of potential words. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So and, and so, uh, they're supposed to they're supposed to whittle down this object like in letter removal, like single letter removal fashion, I guess. Right. That's or, the right way know, we have to winnow it down. So. Yeah. All right, let's let's play this game. Play. Okay. Game. Let's play the game. What are we anti, by the way? I don't know. We're gonna decide in a second. I'd like to play that. You say. Excellent. Oh, did I mention the small matter of the entry fee? I get the roll of bills out, and he peels off two twenties. Thank you. Now you pick your entry article, and I'll ask one of these good gentlemen to suggest the defense category. Now it's also it's still suggesting that we talk about Slango here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to finish the game because I mean, who knows? I mean, I understand that probably we're we're cool, but all right. So let's pick. We are uh, pretty cool. Pick an item. Yeah. Okay, you want to uh, look at our so, inventory then, probably. Yeah, let's say inventory. All right, here's what we got, folks. We have the remover. It's currently set to D. We have a backpack. We have a flash drive. We have a monocle. We have a roll. We have some plans, and we have a tub of restoration gel. We have an apple, an army, some asparagus, a clock, an ear, a funnel, a guidebook to the uh, to Atlantis, Anglophone Atlantis, a heel, a jotter, a letter, a lime, a may, and a tome. Uh, the monocle is packed away in the backpack because when we saw the uh, uh, whatever it was, an authenticator, I think, uh, we got nervous and hid the monocle because we're not supposed to have one. Right, but the uh, backpack is also notes gaping wide open, so everyone can see what's inside. I, I have a question. Something that is multiple words, like guidebook to Anglophone Atlantis. Can you make new words and exclude the spaces and sort of have them run into one another? Uh, you know, I, I think it. I don't know. There's been kind of discussions. I'm assuming that that it sounds like they they suggest that everything kind of has some name that refers to it in a general way. So it'd be guidebook, probably. Guidebook. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, we might have a better thing, but it, it would be hard to figure out how to... I mean, we could try using it on something with a space in it, but I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. Let's Anything think in there this. look uh, useful? Yeah. So um, we nice could turn apple into water. ale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we could turn apple into ale, army into arm, mm-hmm. 
uh, clock into lock, our ear is actually a pear, but it could also become – no, excuse me. Our ear is actually a pearl. Pearl, yeah. But it could become a pear also. Uh, a funnel uh, could be fuel. Yeah, yeah funnel's uh, pretty good. Our heel was a wheel. Our jotter could become an otter, but we can't make living things. That's right. A letter – Let's see. I don't know if we can do anything with a letter. Yeah, it could be uh, a leer if they allowed us, but I don't know that yeah. we can have a leer without a face. Although apparently we can have a scar. But uh, oh yeah, I guess you're right. We could make it a leer. Uh, we could we only we could reverse may to get a yam, and we have a tome, which could become tomes. But we can't reverse so, may because we had to go out to that special like structure to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Well, it doesn't say we have to do it in the building, but probably we do. All right, let's go ahead and so try. So also, asparagus isn't too bad because you could get rag and asp. Oh, but, but wait. Only, asp. but can you do it? But you have to do it in in one move. You know, every move has to produce a, a real word. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So we can't just delete a bunch yeah, of stuff. We true. have to do it one at a time. So ear can become pear or pearl. So it's it's got three possible states, so it seems like it's the best one. Let's okay. go with our ear. All right, so I think we uh, will show him the ear uh, to the bartender, whose name I have forgotten quite Just rapidly. Bartender. <clears throat> oh, boy. Whoa, you do not normally need to refer to specific parts of the body. Yeah, I hey, think, uh, I, I think oh. uh, let, let's just see. Oh, barman, maybe that's it. Let's see. Right, says the barman. The ear it is. He turns toward the group assembled around the dartboard. Anyone want to defend against this character? With a nod at you. Oh, oh boy, a gruff man. Jiminy Cricket. How do I get more gruff in this? <laughs> Look what... God, it sounds like a... Someone at the... It's like a uh, really large Muppet. <laughs> it does. A liquid, says a gruff man. Muppet. You always say liquid, complains one of the others. It's his favorite thing, says a third. Guy. They sound like bad pirates of the Caribbean. But the ante is submitted and the challenge set. Liquid right, is his, liquid is his favorite thing. Liquid is his favorite <laughs> okay. thing. Uh oh. Um, so we we probably can't get to a liquid from an ear. Let's let's think about this. First, let's use the the restoring liquid. gel. Liquid. Because I don't think uh, we can take any off. So rub gel on ear. We dip out finger tip coating quantity of gel and rub it gently onto the ear. With an audible splurt, the ear becomes a pearl. Alright. So now we have a pearl, and we could remove R to get a peel. Yeah. Oh, oh, like a yeah. So, so right. do you guys do you guys think the memory was supposed to give us a suggestion that it was going to be one of those two categories? Yeah. Liquid or larger than something like that. Yeah, it's possible. Um, okay, well, let's see. Do we have a limitation on how many we can? How many no, moves we make? I think we've got a big old wad of cash. I think we're just yeah. losing the cash yeah. if we. Uh, okay, if we, let's we let's um. But if you lose it, the limitation is that it goes to Marlon. Oh no! Okay, I think I've lost. I don't think we can get <laughs> oh, no. a liquid out of a pearl. Sma- just smash, um, <laughs> smash the pear. Just smash it yeah. to it until the liquid. Right, right. <laughs> smash the ear until it's smash liquid. The ear. <laughs> 
which is hard well, because it's a lot of cartilage. So. How do we tell them that we want to give up? Uh, you can forfeit. Forfeit. Oh, did I spell that wrong? Did I? Oh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. No, I think right you spelled either. it right. I think it just doesn't make right. sense. Okay. Okay, so, um... Yield. I don't know. Yeah. I yield. Okay, well, let, why don't we why don't we try? Do you want to try anything? Do you want to just, just give it a go? What, let's say remove R from... Right, do um, R? I mean, that's the only one. Oh, you wanted to do yeah, peel. I think. Peel, let's you can try say it. P. You can be like, P is a liquid, right? And they'll be like, you spelled it wrong. <laughs> we'll at least be close. Oh, okay, here we go. The pearl flickers and there's a brief image of a peel in its place. The concept strangely embodied in a physical form before the power gives out. I guess your device there just isn't tuned to reify abstracts. Oh, well. Too bad. What would it have been like? Um, let's see. Uh, oh, you can't make it into a P, P-E-A, huh? Right. Yeah. Uh, we could... You want to just, uh, you want to just... Let's, let's remove, let's remove the, uh, the L from... From Pearl. Okay. Alright, we see the now familiar pair here. Yeah, and now we can remove the R, and we'll get a P. So that's interesting, because if they would have done size, that would have been a nice thing yeah, to We would have won. Yeah. Uh, can we show P to Bartender? He's going to be like, this doesn't work. Hopefully that'll get us out of this. Yeah. Uh, well, no, says the barman. It has to be a liquid, uh, any kind. Your time is up, I'm afraid. No luck this time, eh? Pity. He divides your cash ante in half. Half to the house, half to the defender who beat you. I'd like to ask whether he's seen well, Slango play the... the game again or complain that the game is unfair. <laughs> it sucks because, like, in typical gaming fashion, I'd like to complain that the game is unfair just to see the response, but it's so shitty that our character would do that. It's so, like, <laughs> like lame. <laughs> All right, so, Marlon, it's your turn. John has failed the game, so we're going to turn over... Do you, John? I'll give you a, I'll give you a point for you know, panache. Okay. Marlon. Um, can we remember doing? again? I just want to see what other cat, the exact wording of the other category. I think it was larger than. Um, uh, oh sure. Remember, you want to remember the game? Remember the game. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, we remember it. Um, there was a object the size of a pedal. Pebble was what they were trying for. Slango complained that um, it's all make a liquid and size-based challenges, and he's saying he wants to demand in categories. Okay, um, I, well, we're not going to get liquid again, so let's see if we have something in our inventory that could be a large thing and a small thing. I mean, I know we looked at this before. Um... We have apple, army, asparagus, clock, funnel, heel, jotter, letter, lime, may, pea, tome. I mean, there's, there's also no telling whether we have the object we need right now. That's true. That's true. So we could get from funnel to fuel. Yeah. Just liquid. I wonder if there's some object we have to get that it goes both ways. Yeah, probably so. Mm -hmm. I, don't see any, I don't see anything like that at this point. Um, unless we have something that the gel... Can restore to something we weren't, but we could look at everything with the monocle, right? And that would tell us its original form. That's, that might yes. that might that might take a little while. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you guys think? Is it worth looking at all of our objects to see if we've got something already? That, Mom, um, I'm inclined to. 
I'm inclined to explore, explore a little, a little bit, bit more. Yeah, um, maybe talk to him about Slango. I mean, maybe he goes, here's this, uh, you know, here's, here's this Here's this thing Slango left for you. <laughs> right. That's really versatile. All right. right. Sure, let's ask him about Slango, and then we'll look around the bar a little bit more. I wonder whether you've seen an associate of mine, we say to Parker. Uh, name of Slango? Parker looks over the bar at us. He comes in here from time to time, he says. Very regular customer. Always has about three rum and cokes. This is a lie, and therefore a test. Slango doesn't drink alcohol himself and doesn't permit drunkenness in his crew. Okay, go ahead and challenge Parker per the suggestion. We are playing in some kind of... I mean, they, there was a moment early on we could have turned off all the tutorials in the game, but it turns off all the tutorials in the game, so... It must be a different Slango, we say. Mine is more of a root beer man. Thanks anyway, though. Oh, that's Lango, Parker says. He's been around town the last couple of days, but not today. If you know his lady friend, you might try her. Lady friend? This can only mean Lena. She being the only female native with whom Slango spends much time socially. But you wouldn't have guessed that she'd advance to the status of lady friend. Either way, Lena's a rather odd woman who keeps a used bookstore off Deep Street. Yeah, and so Deep Street is... Um, it's actually pretty close, I'm assuming. Yeah, we, we, we drove down it, right? Right, yep. Okay. Yes, um, hmm. I wonder if we can access it without the car. All right, I am hesitant to play the game again. Um, let's do one more look in the bar to make sure there's nothing obvious object-wise. All right, so again, uh, it's, a, it's low and it's always smoky and uh, people are playing darts. And the barman is making fun of them and there's the origin pace sitting out on the bar. Okay. So the only really option there is the darts. Um, just for the hell of it, play darts. I'm just curious mm -hmm. if we can. Uh, we really don't want to attract the negative attention okay. of those guys. Let's um, exit the bar. All right. So we go east. For, for people who uh, are new to the watching us, no, we listen. <laughs> Listening to us playing this game, uh, there's actually a map in this game, which is uh, somewhat interactive in that it shows you where you are and where you can go. It's uh, very nice. It's the only it's the only game I've ever seen to do uh, a visual map, but I'm sure there are others. Yeah, is this does this violate the um, is this an unorthodox? You know, does it violate the text adventure orthodoxy? Well, it's all text. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, that, but that just, but it's it's certainly typographical, right? So I don't know. I mean, I think it's also not giving us information that we can't have the game also remember you can just type go to and we can go immediately to any location that we've i believe any location that we've been to or we have access to okay unless there's something keeping us from that's right yeah i mean there's a police officer somewhere on the docks right so we're back on the docks here are some dozens of boats tied up some of them are small to medium-sized fishing crafts some tourist boats for trips around the island some merely ferries to the deeper harbor where the cruise ships anchor to the east up a moderate rise from the sea level docks is the imposing exterior of the customs house. The classical look is only a little undermined by the public service posters along the front. Immediately west, the counterfeit monkey sign sways in the wind. Did our character um, hesitate or express some sort of like apprehension about the customs house? I don't remember. Um, I, I don't I don't believe so. Although I I, I think when we first uh, possibly came here, we couldn't even we didn't really have the option because maybe that's where the well, no, I think that was at the fish market. No, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay. Um, let's see if we can go into the customs house, because if he doesn't want to, if she doesn't want to, she won't. Check it out. Check it out. 
we're going to check it out, everybody. Customs House. This one building handles both people entering Atlantis by sea and those leaving. So there's an entry line, which feeds out into the city by the door we used. And an exit line, which snakes through from here to the point where boats and ferries board their passengers. There's a long line of people waiting to leave Atlantis, even on Serial Comedy Day. An old-time war... Uh, sorry, an old-time war poster on the wall shows Atlantida striding boldly forward. No one is paying any attention to us yet, but I wouldn't advise spending much time here. A businessman provokes an exchange of words with an official and is led away into a private room. I mean, the only obvious object here is a poster, which it also mentioned at the docks there were posters lining the... Um, I mean, we could try to take the poster. That seems like an unusual sort of um, action. But yeah, let's go ahead, go ahead and examine the Oh, poster. you know, Marlon, just a, a hint. I know I shouldn't be helping my enemy, my sworn enemy. You might want to put your monocle back on because it lets you see when things are not what they seem to oh, be. Oh, yeah, we took it off, right? And let's go ahead and not wearing it. All right, well, we let's we look at the poster once. Uh, I'll just read this. Um, the poster is huge, almost as tall as we are, and covers most of the wall. Atlantida, dressed in blue, walks toward the viewer from a bold sunrise b background. The legend reads, The Spirit of Our People. It was part of a propaganda campaign to get Atlanteans to think of Atlantis as inherently invulnerable, on the off chance that the belief would create the reality. And we never were invaded, for whatever that's worth though the Axis would have certainly found the island a useful base. So you want to wear the monocle? Yeah. Right. I'm just curious, have we moved beyond um, the point you had played to? Nope. Nope, okay. We get the monocle. Okay. Everything Let's... turns computer monitor green when viewed through our right eye, and staring fixedly at anything will turn up its authenticity status. Okay. Let's go ahead and um, examine the poster once more, just to get that out of the way. All right, the monocle pinged happily. Okay, let's go to oh, let's take poster just see just to see. So uh, that if it pings happily, uh, that means it is what it is. Uh, it's fixed in place. Okay, um, let's go to Deep Street. Right. Deep Street. Deep Street. Here we go. The road descends steeply from southwest to northwest, passing between white concrete buildings to provide access to the marina, the fish market, the docks, and a bar too. The street is in deep shadow, protected from sunlight from almost any angle by its narrowness and by the height of its walls. The aquarium bookstore is to the east. It is an esoteric bookstore and purveyor of other things, but one whose owner has helped you in the past. That would be Lena, the woman who we need to talk to about Slango. Our car, a sub-subcompact that looks like it might be outraced by a kid on a scooter, is parked nearby. We can go northwest to the fish market, southwest to roundabout, east and west from here. Okay, and it looks like to the west there's a cafe... Uh, yeah, um, which has not been mentioned in the description. Um, let's go um, east. We're in the aquarium bookstore. The shop takes its name from its, the collection of fish mounted on every wall. Swordfish, bass, other things I don't recognize. Underneath these dubious tokens, the walls are covered in bookshelves, and there are stacks of books on the floor where the shelves have proven insufficient. The merchandise consists mainly, but not exclusively, of books, and the selection caters to odd tastes. You once picked up in here a book about a man who R removed a wrench and then had his way with it. <laughs> you and Brock had a good time with that one for the next month and a half. It's not Lena, possible, though, right? It must be before... No, it's, it's, I, it's a hardware-limited right. thing, uh, so presumably you can get rid that one. It was a constraint that's yeah, been think, added to it. That's right. Yeah. It's like, um, right. It's like the thing that's on uh, R2-D2. <laughs> anyway, 
Sorry. RTD2. Yeah, he's got that it's, thing it's, on him. RTD2 the... is over, Steven. He's over. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's all BB8 from here you're on right. out. You're right. I, don't, I, don't, I still don't know what you're talking about with RTD2. He, he, has, this, he has a thing that Luke just po- kind of pops off with a screwdriver. It's his, uh, uh, what is it it's called? It's called like a limiter or something. I know, right? I know. That's how I'm saying it, but I can't remember what it's called. Isn't it crazy how they like put RTD2 in an X-Wing fighter to be its like onboard computer? Because its computer I, isn't like very good, I guess, to begin I'm, with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I mean, that's, yeah. It's also, like, I think it's crazy that it's crazy that in the first Star Wars movie, you can see R two D two like chatting with Luke on his screen inside the X wing. Do you guys remember what I'm talking about? He's getting ready to go to Dagobah, and he's looking at his screen, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, I have to go to Dagobah for this reason." And R two D two is like printing readable text. Is he make is he beeping stuff while he does it? No, because he's he's on the back of the thing, so he's like printing readable text on on his screen, and I think that might be the only place in the movies where you might actually be able to to read what R two D two is asking. Huh? You know there are people that have seen those movies a lot of times and are listening to this and are like and they're like you are an idiot, sir. I'm coming <laughs> to your house barking. Yeah. Especially People, my yeah. comment, because obviously Luke needed like a really special targeting um, system no, to he, make that he, crazy he, shop, right? Shop. Oh, or, or, or he, he thought, they thought he would. He thought he did. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, Lena is present here in the shop. In fact, she watches us keenly the instant we come into the shop. Lena is an associate of Slango's. You hadn't realized that had crossed over into a romance. Slango has never, ever in your recollection dated anyone. And now this. Happy Serial Comma Day, she says. Uh, we can ask about Slango or say who we are. Let's introduce ourselves. All right, we're going to say who we are. Uh, Lena, it's Andrea and company. Maybe Slango mentioned I was auditioning a new silent partner? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, she says. But since you're here, whoever you are, I wonder whether you'd like to have a look at some merchandise of mine that could use a spruce. Aha. Mm-hmm. She wants us to prove our identity. Probably has contraband that needs concealing and wants us to do the deed as proof of trustworthiness. Uh, we got we to get that jail. Yep. There's a brief pause. Lena goes off into a corner and rummages among the suspicious piles of books and uncovers a box. Come here, she says, and obediently I wander over to that area of the store, which incidentally happens to be tucked away and half hidden by shelves. See here, she says. See what you can do with it, eh? What does she have? She has a box, right? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. You want to take a look um, at that box? Xbox. Yeah, box. Xbox. <laughs> It's just a cardboard box in which some items of interest have been stored. In the contraband box are some modems and some preamps. Lena apparently wants our help getting them into a less identifiable format. Modems and preamps. Well, interesting. Um, I mean, I'm guessing she wants us to put the gel on them. I'm looking if we can change them into anything she would be into. I don't really see anything. Oh, okay, so we can um, remove the modems. Oh, I shouldn't tell you this. Never mind. I'm going to keep this to myself. Keep it a secret, because Marlon's only got another minute like, or so to like get remove, some action. Re- remove the S to, like, minimize her stock um, of contraband? Sure. That could be it. You want to do it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Here we are. You flick your thumb over a small knob. There is a mad scientist cackle, and the modems turn into a modem. It's just a single instance of the same sort of modem. Lena regards the solitary modem unsympathetically. Well, it shrunk. 
but that doesn't make it look like what it isn't. What it ain't. We can calm her, or we can ask about Slango. Let's calm her. Chill and let the master work. Chill. Say. <laughs> Anyone can pick a few letters <laughs> out of your contraband. Trick is coming up with output that won't disrupt the feng shui of this flea market you've got going on. Lena visibly relaxes. It's a privilege is what it is. Me letting you practice on my stuff? And no one said anything about contraband. Contraband's a bad word. Very hard to manipulate. Alright, here you go. You got one more chance. Make something happen here. Alright, um... Go ahead. I mean, this isn't going to work, but go ahead and, and take off the M, turn it into mode, and see what happens. Mode. <laughs> no, it'll be you won't. Oh it'll yeah, be it'll be owed. It'll be yeah, owed. that's right. It'll be that owed. will work, I think. Um, you want to do that? Go ahead and try it. Sure. I was gonna do that, and now, <laughs> with a distinct whiff of paper, the modem turns into an ode, a short poem, letter pressed attractively on a sheet of thick paper. It is entitled "Our Ancestors: The Immortal Spirits of the Pyramids," a fact which disinclines me to study the rest. Well, it's portable, and it doesn't look like much, but then again, it doesn't look like much. I mean, I could easily lose it, couldn't I? Just one sheet? And if someone w were to ask me why I was carrying her around, it'd be a little hard to explain. It's not like it's a whole book of them, is it? Jeez. Oh. All right, well, you know, it's, you know what to do. But right. I, I, I'll let you do this, and then we'll, uh, we'll swap. Okay, um, can we add an S to it? No, I guess uh, we can't. I, I think um, we can't, yeah. We can't add an S to it. So we've got ODE. I mean, I don't know what else to do with it. Um, what's the other thing she's got? The, she's got uh, preamps. Preamps. So... The clock is ticking. Yeah, one, more, one more move. It's okay. One more move. One more move. Reams. Oh, reams. Okay, go ahead and take the, the P. <laughs> Off of um, preamps. All right, here we go. There's a flash of psychedelic colors, and the preamps turns into some reams. Since each ream is 500 sheets of paper, and there are many reams here, the collection is unhelpfully bulky. Could you make that ode plural? Ah, oh, she just gave it to us. A whole book of them would be safer, I think. Looks less suspicious. All right, John. All take right, it away. Let's, let's use the restoring gel. All right, here we go. On the ode. Great. And Alrighty. then remove the M. Yeah, Lena is looking at the heaps of reams and saying, that's inconvenient, isn't it? And I have a bookstore, not an office supply shop. Okay, ready. Uh, I so thought she was just going to slip the ode into the reams of paper, but I guess not. Uh -huh. mm. But she doesn't want the so reams of paper. Now we've got odes. Okay, here we go. With a distinct whiff of an old book, the modems turn into some odes. A slender volume of poetry bound between red covers looks completely harmless and is written in English. The blurb on the back describes it as a collection of meditations on Atlantis's imaginary roots, which is to say, a lot of stuff about magic-wheeling Phoenicians, Knights Templar, refugees from the Tower of Babel, space aliens, Kabbalistic mysticism, and Lully's combinatorics. Lull. I love Raymond Lull. He's a Lull. cool guy. Lully? Is that is it the same? That name? must be what that must be what it's a reference to. Is what huh. I would guess. It's got to be a reference to Raymond Lull. Um, it, it fits in perfectly with the rest of Lena's selection. Really amazing work. I've seen other people who would be able to do impressive things with local field distortions. Think hard enough, and you can prejudice the outcome of a linguistic transition. But this this is detail work like I haven't seen. My hat is off. 
Or it would be if I were wearing a hat and taking it off didn't mean taking you taking it off too. Lena touches the binding appreciatively. You've even got that little bit of creasing in the spine that makes it look used. This is perfect. Only risk is customers wanting to buy it. I've got a couple. This would be right up their alley. Alright, there we go. So we get some odes. She seems to like it. Alright. Now let's take the S off of the reams because she just wants one ream. Yeah. Alright. Here we go. How many reams of paper do you have in your house right now, uh, John? Uh, I have one ream of paper in my house. Yeah, just one? Is that you so, yeah. sufficient for your printing needs? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you, Marlon? Um, zero. Wow. I mean, I've, I have, yeah. I mean, I've got like reams of paperwork, like that have been sort of like stacked together, but I don't have like a ream of like new paper anywhere. I think that, I think that counts. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. I think um, Marlon. I don't think John. um, I'm surprised John has any reams at all because I was under the impression he was anti-paper and anti-physical media. So. Yeah, but I I don't live alone, so. Yeah. Ah. Likely story. Shelley loves that paper. There is a salmon cloud, and the reams turn into a ream. One ream, which is to say, 500 sheets of generic printer, copier paper, and white white. That works. Uh, kind of thing I might have around for printing invoices on. I was a little afraid there you were going to go for a RAM just to spite me. Don't know where I'd put one of those around here. Yeah, I was thinking about going for the RAM, actually. Yeah. Let's go ahead and remove the E from reams. I don't think we can do this, but okay. Oh, yeah, it's a lie. If we can't, we can't, we can't get that. It'll it's just ream, It's RAM singular now, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Let's just let's give it a, let's give it a go. Let's have No, a it's like a battering ram. It's not like a It could be a battering ram, you're right. Alright, yeah, so it's a uh, legal override kicked in. Oh come on, I can't believe it's doing that. Well you can't. You can't get oh you I you could make a ram. You could make oh, like a right. battering ram. Right. Nice monocle right. by the way. You this is Leno talking. Nice monocle by the way. You do have all the good toys. Suppose it means you can check your work and see whether you've really got enough paste on things. So she's got what she wants, so let's ask about Slango. It's surprising that she says whether you've got enough paste on things, because up until now we've used such a tiny pea-sized amount of paste on everything. Uh-huh. The idea that we'd actually need to use more is a surprise. No, I think she's talking about I think she's talking about paste to hide stuff, not not gel, but paste. Oh, I like no, paste. no, but yeah, the monocle well, shows you like what it was yeah. originally. So you would use yeah, but it, it replaces restoration paste. Yeah, but but she's saying paste because if you're trying to conceal something, you want to know if you've put enough of the obscuring paste on it. Right, that the origin paste yeah. obscures the origin, so you, you want to know when you look at your oh, monocle whether okay. it's whether okay. it's so, seen so something. It, okay, it keeps people with monocles from seeing what it was. Yeah, but yeah. it's off. Right, that's of why course, it's covered with slimy paste, though, so mm-hmm. it's a little suspicious, also. <laughs> Okay, so here we go. We're going to ask about Slango, and we say, You wouldn't happen to have seen Slango around recently, we ask. Mm. Slango, she asks blankly, for all the world, as though she'd had a lobotomy. Is that a board game? Is it? Mm. One could only Wow. Know. Well, so so let's uh, reintroduce ourselves, because maybe she, she's now ready to believe that we're... Uh-huh. So, oh, uh, this is why she's not giving us... Uh. Yeah, we so still need. Says, yeah. So we go and we need to go back and. Well, hang on, hang on. Remember, our listeners don't know what just happened. Lena says, "What those need now is just a touch of paste to obscure the ream to the authentication scopes, and it'll be ready." All right. So, 
Yeah. That's the okay. thing. We need some paste. So we've got to go get some paste. So yeah. go to the counterfeit monkey. You want to go all the way back. You're pretty sure you have the object we need. If you don't want to go to the cafe, the object might be in the cafe. Okay, let's go to the cafe. All right, I'm going to turn that that over to Marlon then if uh, you're just going to follow what he's saying. Marlon, you want to go to the cafe? (laughs) Sure. All right, here we go. We're going – we're back into Deep Street. Uh, We're going to go one more. You want to go into the cafe? So here we go. Cafe cottage. Outdoor cafe. Outdoor cafe cottage. From this slightly raised terrace, tourists have a view of the activity on the market and out over the docks. Curiously, there's an acquaintance of yours here. Uh, <laughs> boy, that's a name. Whoa. Nick, I'm going to say Nexami, but it, it's probably not. It's probably not how you pronounce it because an X is it's very ne- rarely an X. Ne- Nehami. It, may, it could be Nehami, Nishami, and Geo. Is that one of the black metal tables? He's a musician, the front man of Ngeo, which is all lowercase. <laughs> Um, your gang helped him out with some customs issues because of his unusual name. Nexami nods to us. Watch out. That table next to you has something sticky spilled on it. And indeed, there's a spill. You were about to lean on it nonchalantly. We want to say thanks for pointing out the spill or ask what he's doing in Atlantis. Thank him. All right. Thanks, Nexami. Hey, thanks. He makes a your welcome gesture and then goes back to contemplating the sea view. Go ahead and ask what he's doing in Hotlantis. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, what's up? It. Hey, what's up? He's a musician. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, am I spelling it wrong? Hotlantis. Okay, we're going to ask him about Atlantis. So, what are you doing in Atlantis? Doing a show tonight, he says. Up on the city walls. This is only partly a lie. You know that his main business in town is some sort of computer science contract, and it's largely cover that his band is playing in the serial comedy festivities. Nishami, or Nixami, stands up and mutters something. I have a little trouble with his Scottish accent. Why didn't it tell me that now? <laughs> that's such a good... Anyway, um, oh well, ladies and gentlemen. You won't get to hear it until next time we find him. Um, I have a little trouble with his Scottish accent. We don't get a lot of that around here for obvious reasons, but you interpret it as him saying he'd better go pay up. So what, what are the obvious reasons? He heads into the interior of the cafe. Uh, what, what, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's Anglophone Atlantis, and I wonder if I think there's a there's some suggestion that it's sort of it's a little bit what's the a xenophobic. Yeah. Um, you know, people with weird names. They talk about how you know that one the older part of town kind of has names that are not English or not derived from English, but they're not. It's sort of not appreciated. That's right. All right, l- let's try to follow Nexami. Okay. I'm just curious if we can. I don't. I didn't indicate like an exit, or a, that we could move into the cafe further. I guess so. When we approach, a girl comes to the window and waves us off. We're just closing up. No new customers. We can go north to the fish market and east to Deep Street from here. Okay, let's examine table. Yeah. What is that sticky stuff? Maybe he left something on his table also. Who knows? The wobbly, tipsy kind of table that jog at a touch and spill your coffee everywhere on the round black metal tables is a spill ah the monocle pings happily all right um wipes do we have anything to wipe the spill with 
Why wipe this spill? Why wipe it when you I, can take I, it? I mean, we can take it. You're right. All right. Go ahead and <laughs> S remove that. Yep. All right. There's a flash of cerulean light, and the spill turns into a pill. It is small, round, and blue. There are no brand or generic markings to indicate what it might do. And okay. You that it was Man, let's take, let's take the pill. Yeah, let's let's take it. You I mean, wanna, you mean you want to? No, eat it? I want to pick it up. I want to pick it up. No, I want to. I want to eat it. Swallow you want to do something before you swallow the pill? You want to uh, save? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm sure it won't let us. We can save it, but I'm sure it won't. You're right. It has not let us reach like a a dead end condition. Fail state. Well, just for fun, let me go. We're safe um, scumming. The kind of scum we are. You know, it's funny. Right, go ahead and swallow the pill. I thought that save scumming was um was related to scum, the scum engine. But I don't think it. I don't think it is. <laughs> no, I think it's just supposed to be. It's so crazy. Like I used to save scum on first-person shooters to the crazy degree that like I, I just would never let my cat my my character take like damage up until a certain point. No, but I think that that's the appeal of the first-person shooter is that in your mind, you're constructing this die-hard-esque playthrough. It's like a machine-assisted tool, yeah, run, yeah. right? So it's just like absolutely perfect sequence of of events uh, you know like that's a i mean definitely the appeal of a game like max Payne, right where it's like every encounter every set piece is perfect right yeah right right and i mean the idea that the the game sort of acknowledges what an like an, a ridiculous killing machine you are right yeah. the game is like this is crazy that this person is just jumping around killing 10 to 15 people in a room. That's right. Okay. Like, yeah. We toss the pill into our mouths and swallow it dry. There's no immediate reaction, but after a few minutes, a cramping pain begins to spread through our stomach, and it becomes difficult to breathe. Yellow and blue spots float in front of our eyes. Our skin begins to itch. Dimly, I wonder whether these symptoms correspond to any real medical condition or whether the pill is simply poisonous by invention. But we are not clear-minded enough to go on thinking these sorts of thoughts for long. That is, that's what would have happened if we had done something so foolish. Shall I suppose we didn't? Yes. Yeah, so. It's interesting. I wonder if uh, I wonder if the suggestion is that we, um, because the spill was sort of gross when we made it a pill, you know, because we, we can affect things sort of with our mind, kind of the form that they take. If it, um, the association. Yeah, like the association. Yeah, yeah, sort of hurt us. So uh, now they, by, by the way, mentioned that the uh, tables have umbrellas. Okay. Mm, okay, let's go ahead and examine the umbrellas. Uh, so the umbrellas are umbrellas. They carry advertisements for brands of liquor and beer. Can't really do anything with an umbrella, I think. Yeah, just try to take it, just to see. I know, John, you hate, like, doing the take-everything experiment in these adventure games, but if you're going to have us, like, take the pill, which we wouldn't normally oh, do either, you know we have to explore all crazy options. It reminds me of the, uh, the code in... Um, What's the name about of the, of the bad video game where you're a, a lady vampire? Oh, Blood Rain. Blood Rain. I mean, that's so you mean awesome game. I mean, yeah, I'm assuming you mean Michael Jackson bad. <laughs> I've beaten well, Blood Rain maybe. one and two, by the way. Which she is good. She has a death animation in Blood Rain 2. She has knives that, of course, extend off of her forearms, like really long swords. She takes a man 
and puts him up in the air and spins him on the two knives <laughs> and makes all of his like arms and legs and head come off and then just has a torso and then like puts that on the ground. Well, right. as I recall, there's a code that makes makes all of the weapons she has appear on her body. That's right. Yeah. As if she's carrying them around and that's what I think of. I think it's ridiculous to imagine our character like literally walking down the street with all of our arms filled with just like everything that we've taken. It also reminds me of the scene in um the jerk, right? The uh, Steve he's Martin. Walking. Oh, right. Where he's, he's like, I don't need anything. I don't need yeah. any of this. He wants. He's rejecting his life. In defense of this game, though, we probably could play in a fashion that we minimize the size of our entire inventory, like as we move around places. So you could make it a little more realistic. I think. That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, but and we have a backpack. We could be putting things in the backpack. We were sure not doing. Okay. So, so this spill, we can turn it into a pill That's right. or a sill, which is a little bit bigger, I guess, depending on the size of the thing that the sill is mounted on. Right. 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 Um, spill. Is there anything else we could make that into? Ill. Uh, maybe. Ill. <laughs> maybe. Ill, Ill is pretty small. Yeah, I, I don't think we can make it into pie. Well, we can try it. Can you make it into pie? The concept of pie. Um, that uh, might work because yeah. we, we've yeah. gotten some pretty close. Like we got a sag. Remember that we got a sag. I don't think we can turn it into. Oh yeah, we can't turn it into a pie. Pie is pie is both very small and very large. That's right. So we can um, infinite. It's large in terms of the actual length infinite. of the number written out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, but small in terms of its actual value. We can't take the umbrella. There's nowhere else it's immediately accessible to us. Um, that guy said his band is playing, so we could go to the old city walls to see if there's some sort of performance there, or we could go back to the counterfeit monkey and give our spill a whirl. Do you think when giving the thing to... Oh, the spill is also liquid, so I think it covers all our bases. So we yeah, could have used it as a liquid, a big thing, and a small thing. Um, maybe it depends on which form we give it to the bartender in. Yeah. Like, if we give it to him in pill form, he's probably going to ask for a liquid. If you give it to him in spill form, he's probably going to ask for something small. Who knows? But, yeah, let's go back to Counterfeit Monkey. Just go. Okay. Go Here we go. We're going to head to the Counterfeit Monkey, back down past the fish market, past the docks. All right. Here we go. So we're back in. Uh, Parker acknowledges you. We can play the game again. And we have a fleeting thought of our cruise attitude, 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 attitude to Atlantic law. You want to remember that? Yeah, let's remember all the shade we threw. Yeah, that's right. All the shade there is to throw. So uh, we're in the floor, floor door, guest room. A clean-lined, minimal room, but furnished expensively. Fresh-cut tulips in a plain glass vase, vase. High thread count sheets, vast pillows, vast pillows suitable for the hibernation <laughs> of giants. The closets feature safes, oh which is excellent for someone in your line of work, because it tends to persuade guests that their computers are being protected when they go out. You are inside because you bribed a housekeeper and were gathering information from a businessman's laptop, while the businessman himself—I don't know—I keep saying businessman—from <laughs> a business. That's a fair pronunciation of businessman. <laughs> Businessman's laptop, while the yeah. businessman himself was downstairs at the bar. The men, but the men, the men the, was very handsome. With the bureau, also had an agent, also posing as a housekeeper in the hotel, also up to the same purposes. 
The business with the mini bar vodka was clever. I grant. Then we're back in the present. Mm. Oh, what intrigue! All right. Mm. Now, okay, I so think, it's actually I think it's about an hour. And, yeah, and no, I think we. Yeah, I think we we should finish up our line of thought here. I believe. Okay. So we're gonna finish up this line of thought. Uh, right. We're back to game, and then right. uh, we know what we need. Play game, get well. Or do we want to do we want to turn it into anything else before we give it to him? I mean. Oh, sorry. Well, okay. So we're playing again, um, and he asks for our entry article. And I'll ask one of these good gentlemen to suggest a defense category. Should we turn it back into a spell before giving it to him? Not sure. Not sure. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe we go either way, right? I mean, if they ask for something smaller than a pill, which, I mean, you probably can't make anything smaller than a pill. Yeah, I mean, in pills, I mean, that's very. Um, Do you want to change it to a sill? Non-specific size. Yeah, go ahead and change it to a sill. Yeah, that's a great idea actually, because a sill will work either way, right? Yeah. Alright, let's see what happens. Oh, the spill drips through our fingers onto the ground. That's okay. Okay. Alright, go ahead and use the um, the pee remover on that spill on the ground. Alright, the spill turns into a sill. It is a bit useless and disembodied without an accompanying window, but here it is, a board of white painted wood. Okay, go ahead and take it and then give it. Yeah. There's a brief pause. Have you picked a wager object yet? Uh, okay, so we're going to take the sill and then we're going to show barman sill you know sill is the name of the um, oh no creature oh boy <laughs> he turns toward the groups assembled around the dartboard anyone want to defend against this character import category five shouts a voice the barman raises his eyebrows apologetically and says it's a well-defined category so i have to allow it any kind of edible, consumable object, be that food or beverage, that does not fall under the botanical import category, so no fruits or vegetables. I think All we're right. fine. Spill. Spill. Yeah, we got this. Yeah, we can, we can well, consume. Yeah, or the pill is more obviously consumable. Oh, yeah. We'll do the pill. Okay, uh, so we'll rub the gel on the sill? Yeah. Yeah. I do like the idea of him consuming the spill, or arguing the spill's consumption um, from the floor. <laughs> right. The spill gives way to the now familiar pill. A winner, says the barman, straightening wow, up. Wow, they don't even make you give it to him, huh? <laughs> what do you know? The origin pace is all yours, darling. This produces a squawk of surprise and irritation from the defendant. And you get the impression that this game has been agreeably fleecing tourists all day. Pity you had to come along and spoil it. We could ask whether he has any other games going. Alright, so our score went up three points, so Marlon's score went up three points. You did lose a point earlier, though, so... Mm -hmm. still, okay. Wait, what did I lose a point for? Um, you lost a point... Oh, God, what was it? I don't remember. I, <laughs> I mentioned it. You just lost a point. Just trust me on this one. Okay. Probably. But you're still winning by five points. All right, so um, what do you think, folks? You want to wrap it up, or do you want to give this... Uh, you want to go rub some paste on some of Lena's stuff? I, let's wrap it up. Let's okay, have fantastic. Our quick, let's have our uh, quick rundown of what we've been thinking about and or playing and or doing. Marlon, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, has been playing The Witness. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I mean, I think the less I say about it, the better in terms of if you guys each plan to experience it or any of our listeners do. I think I tend to judge it in light of like some of the things Jonathan Blow said in a video I sent you guys earlier this week because he criticizes adventure games for being 
kind of unplayable like in, in our current gaming climate because you're struggling with the interface the whole time and you're also struggling to discern what is meaningful in the environment. Um, and so he's, he's trying to bypass that while also trying to avoid some of the tropes of like modern games in terms of hand-holding and tutorials and I think unnecessary gameplay or unnecessary sort of frills. So it's, it's, a, it's a really tight game, but it's interesting because I think this is a great game to compare it to because I think this game does a great job of retaining the old elements of an adventure game. And by this game, you know, I mean Counterfeit Monkey, in that you kind of have to observe the environment, figure out what's important, but it lends a degree of like freedom and creativity that some of the older games, though you had to be creative more of the time you were rubbing items against one another. So I like the sort of varying paths that Counterfeit Monkey offers. And compared to that, The Witness is sort of, I'm really enjoying it, but I don't know if I would call it an adventure game because it's so streamlined. Like, I need some of that kind of fat and some of that yes. kind of, like, struggle against the interface to right. enjoy more the like adventure the game a little bit. Right? What? More like the lightness, right? <laughs> more like the witless. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I barely even followed that. The, the whiteness. <laughs> okay. it's the whiteness. It's definitely um, a white people thing, so it's the whiteness. <laughs> I really like it, though. I think it does some, like, really confident things, and I appreciate the, like, level of challenge and the sort of, um, I don't know. Like, it's really it's really um, been a mental exercise to get as far into it as I have, and I take, like, a lot of pride not sort of looking for any solutions. Um, I, think, I think it really succeeds in one of the points he made during that talk, which was he prefers games that make you feel smart because you actually are being smart rather than tricking you into thinking you're being smart, which a lot of games kind of tend to do, or, or, or tricking you to think you're being good at the game. Mm. Nice. One day I'll play it. One day I'll play it. <laughs> One day I'll play it. Monday I'll play Monday. it. Monday. Monday at, at 12 a.m. One day. Um, so uh, we've been playing, uh, we meaning uh, my wife and I, have been playing uh, Oxenfree. Oh, yeah. A, yeah. Oxenfree. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a little uh, side, sort of side-scrolling, exploration, adventure sort of game. Very Not adventure in the sense of any kind of inventory. Uh, you have a um, sort of one... One way of interacting with the environment, other than just uh, switches and whatnot, um, it's pretty straightforward. I'm assuming right now that there are lots of secret things uh, that we can be doing that we're probably missing, but I don't, it's, it's neat. Again, it's it's 2D, so you're looking at these little characters from the side, and I say little because they're very small on the screen. I like that, though. I like that. Yeah, it's it's it is it is interesting. There are definitely times when you sort of wish the game would zoom in a little bit. But in general, it's really charming. The artworks, it's all hand-drawn. I think it's really nice. And it actually actually does a pretty good job with some sort of scary scenarios that are, that's, I think, a, a tricky thing in in the perspective. And there, there are some really difficult puzzles that you really don't expect to happen because the game feels very casual. Um, although yeah, they're having because it's, yeah. it's mostly dialogue-driven, right? I assumed uh -huh. that the kind of path would be a dialogue sort of navigated path, but you I guess know, not. Uh, I think that the it's it's hard to say what the dialogue is doing in the game. 
So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, the game is seamless enough that you, at least uh, on first playthrough, as as any I think decent game like this, you know, you you don't really see the seams the first time through. I'm not sure if we played it and whatever made our character react very differently to things. Yeah, if like if a story, on. yeah, right. exactly. It's not really right now. I haven't seen anything that I would say ah, this definitely would change things. Although. You know, you do make some decisions, but there are some there are some sort of I would say pressured sequences. I'm not sure if you can actually enter a fail state in the game, but uh, I'm assuming that those pressured sequences will will change things going forward. Is there any inventory? No. Okay. No. You have, like I said, you have one item that you you carry an item that interacts with things and you push buttons and turn things on and off and open doors and that sort of thing. You know, everything is it, else is, is, a, is a button pusher. It's like a little it's, a, it's, a, it's like a right, it's like a stick with a finger on it right, so you can right. push a button. A button masher. Button or masher. open a door. Uh, yeah, no, I it's I I think it's really great. It was a, a perfect a, game to play during the blizzard. It's a stick yeah. with a with a hand on the end with a um a cigarette band-aided <laughs> onto one of the fingers, right? That's right. That is what it is. Really good okay. for answering. Um, so okay. that's Oxenfree. And, and what about you, John Vincent? I have, I've been playing um, Etrian Mystery Dungeon, which is this which game which is like, it's an almost uncanny fusion of these two different role-playing game things. The Etrian Odyssey games, which are these wizardry-style dungeon crawls, and then the Mystery Dungeon games, which are sort of like, sort of like roguelikes. Oh, wow. So that sounds really, super interesting. It's it's really... It, it is interesting. I mean, I don't want to undersell it. It's an interesting game. It's much more like Etrian Odyssey than it is like Sheer and the Wanderer, which is the, the big mystery dungeon game that I like in the sense that it's pretty much the mechanics of Etrian Odyssey on top of this uh, turn-based combat system. And um, the only thing I'll say about it is that besides that it's, it's really, it bears out the strength of the mechanic of of Etrian Odyssey because you can, it basically proves that you can take these sort of Etrian Odyssey game mechanics and transpose them onto a different type of RPG. And it's still, pretty fun um but it um it does this uh if you've ever played like any of the other mystery dungeon games like uh the pokemon mystery dungeon games right you've got like four or five characters in those games four characters and it's turn-based so everything happens after you move your one character you're controlling just one character and then these four other characters move and then there's many enemies as are on their room move so you have to wait a long time between turns and this game really streamlines it, so your characters are all AI-controlled, but you can kind of like switch between them at any time, and you're doing that a lot. But ultimately, I don't know that I'm, I'm necessarily going to finish it, because it's it's pretty much just a, an Etrian Odyssey game, and I kind of am done with that. Like, uh, yeah. You don't really have to learn anything to beat it. You're mostly just leveling up your characters and leveling That's what up I was going to ask. Like, in Etrian Odyssey games, do you traditionally beat them, really? You can be. Yeah. I mean, they totally have a, an end. I mean, the Etrian oh, yeah. Odyssey games are, are finite in scope. They have a fixed labyrinth. You mm-hmm. reach the end of it. And in a certain way, they're better because in those games, you actually like kind of have little t- 
touches of color in the labyrinth, like you find an interesting fountain or you have an encounter with butterflies or something, right? So because those labyrinths are designed, they, they can have some interesting stuff to explore. And then in the mystery dungeon, what they did take from mystery dungeon are these randomly generated levels. And so the levels don't really have a lot of character and, that's you know I have I could talk about mystery dungeon style games forever. You have to you have to have those challenge oriented, very tightly designed game systems in a mystery dungeon game because the environments are boring, and that's sort of the problem with it. It's cute anyway, and I've been playing through again Resident Evil Four, which is super fun, and you know everyone. You know I I really enjoyed Resident Evil Four, but I feel like it lost me a little bit because eventually you've done so much combat in the game that it becomes really, like, I don't know. It, it becomes a little bit yeah, boring. Yeah, it does. It, it has this sort of plateau of difficulty. So it's sort of like you're almost able to just tune out. Yeah. Because yeah, once you've done it, it becomes really, really rhythmic. But you know what? It, it occurs to me that it's very like it much... It felt long. It felt long to yeah, me, which, which, is a, which means that the game is, like, not varied enough. It feels like Dark Souls to me, and I don't want to get deeply into that discussion because it's getting late, but I do think that when you look at games like Resident Evil 4, it's not so surprising that Dark Souls exists. Like, if you look at games like Resident Evil 4 or um, God Hand, those games really prefigured Dark Souls in a lot of ways. Dark Souls is a little bit different, but pretty much the only thing it does different is, is it's, it's less chatty. But apart from that, in terms of the pacing and difficulty, they're actually pretty similar. I mean, I, I'd say maybe, I don't know, I'd need more explanation another time for that, because I feel like you immediately understand how everything works in Resident Evil 4, whereas I feel like that's a big part of the Dark Souls experience, is learning all the different sort of facets of your, of your stats and whatnot, and learning how that affects combat. I think there is more play, play variety in Dark Souls, but I, I think like... The feel of the game, the sort of mouthfeel of the game, is very similar. It's it's very much like I need to get from point A to point B, and it, in between those two points, I'm going to have a series of sort of like rhythmic encounters that involve very specific kinds of of uh, like rhythmic combat, and they really feel similar. And and also kind of the way they distribute rewards, so you're getting like money to upgrade versus souls, and you're finding little items and stuff. There's definitely a kind of similarity between those games and um and so anyway i just think it's an interesting thing to say about about dark souls yeah i can i can see that in terms of the rhythm of the combat certainly i think for me like dark souls is such an incredibly tense game and sort of resident evil quickly became not not very tense as i played it and i think that's like a, a big point of um i don't know very different experiences in that regard yeah. All right. It is bedtime. So this has been <laughs> wow. Good conversation, guys. I'm glad to, glad to hear a little bit of that. The uh, yeah. Um, well, so we'll we'll be back. Uh, hopefully, I don't know. Next We're not week. releasing these yeah in any kind of uh, in any kind of real uh, fashion. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back with more Counterfeit Monkey. Uh, today was a little, uh, get quite as far as last time, but I think things will probably speed up uh, pretty quickly. Okay, I've been Vincent Toops, this, this text adventure purgatory. Talk yourselves out, guys. Okay, um, we've we've done our our um, 
our soul cleansing and now we can escape the purgatory and go to the heaven of the remainder of Tuesday night. That is right. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. In- interception, um, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye everyone.